Are you looking for a podcast with some life tips? Do you need some uplifting and encouraging words? Or maybe you're looking for someone to just be a listening ear to whatever struggles you may be facing day to day. Well, this ain't it. Come join myself, Serzo, and my co-host, Poochie, as we tell you like it is and give you our unsolicited opinions that you probably didn't ask for. Whether it's about religion, relationships, the workplace, entertainment, social justice, or even baby mama drama. Someone has to tell you something. Why not let it be us? Join us every other Sunday on the Lobby Podcast as we take on topics that you didn't even think about. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? Good day to everyone. Welcome again to another episode of the Lobby Podcast. This is episode 14. Appreciate everyone joining us. I am your, your host, Sir Zoe, and I have my co-host, my pot, and my ace here with me, Poochie. You can say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. All right, all right. So we're going to uh, talk about some more stuff today, get into a little deeper topic today. Uh, so hopefully you guys will be able to take part in this as we go through this. Feel free to uh, get to our website at lobbypodcast.com and leave your comments, uh, anything you want to say, so we can uh, reach back out to you and maybe talk about it in a future podcast. All right? So you want to go ahead and uh, tell everybody what we're going to be talking about today, Pooch? Oh, yeah. So... Um, this topic, like we always say, I mean, it's 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 a topic that no one kind of wants to talk about. We're gonna talk about it anyway. Um, <laughs> and how this topic came about was just I was just really like listening to a radio um, station, and they were talking about um, Larry Elder. Now I'm one of those people that I do not watch the news. And I don't watch the news because it's very depressing. This world is depressing enough. And it just seems like the news highlights all of the negative and just like a snippet of like the positive. So I just choose not to watch it. So I am really kind of like naive to, you know, um, mm-hmm. people in politics and things of that nature. So they were sure. basically talking about um, Larry Elder and how... I wouldn't say anti-black, but I kind of want to say anti-black that he is. Um, okay, so so let's <laughs> let's make sure everybody knows. So the people that don't know, Larry Elder is black. Yeah, put that out so we understand Larry that. Elder is black. I think he's like sixty-nine years old, maybe a little bit younger than that. And um, he hails from California. He was born in California. He went to Brown University. Very educated man. Um, very smart. He ended up recently running for governor um, in California. He lost. He um, lost. Yes. Thank and goodness. it came up with his good old buddy Trump that he thought that the um, voting was forged. He thought that it was um, rigged. Um, yeah. And that's why before he lost. Even started, before the election even started, yeah. he was already yelling. Yeah. So yeah, <sighs> he is a huge Trump supporter. Um, he basically thinks that a lot of black issues are kind of like self-inflicted. Like for instance, he blames the the rising of crime, um, on the black lives matter movement, Uh, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever 
Right. He, I mean, he's a Republican and a lot of Republicans, not all, but vast majority, they have, you know, this this thinking, you know, like um, they're superior. Um, he's very conservative about how he thinks and what he thinks. But because he's a black man, he's basically stating that welfare is more harmful to black families than slavery ever ever was is just like he just feels like black people have a lot of excuses um mm. you know we shouldn't have these privileges because he says that he's not an african american but he is an american who is black so he kind of <laughs> wants to take <laughs> all of this out of he doesn't Ooh. want to make excuses he thinks excuses for poverty for black people or welfare for black people or black people grievances are all self-inflicted and he doesn't want to hear um that anything dealing with racism like it's not racist you know like your issues are not because uh-huh. of racism which okay. yeah I, i'm like <laughs> okay first of all what in the hitler hell is going on Literally. Because this guy done lost his mind. First of all, is is there's no way that well let's think about this for a second. If because he's black, mm-hmm. there are people out there, black people, who probably voted for him because yes. he's black. Yes. They threw aside that he's a Republican. They threw aside that he's against, you know, almost everything that uplifts black people. Mm-hmm. But because he's black, they voted for him. That's the same thing they did when they looked at Obama. You know, they looked at, well, he's the first black president that could possibly be in there. Let's just right. vote for him. Right. Now, whether you agree with him or not, I mean, that's one thing. But to just look at their skin color and say, I'm going to vote for him mm-hmm. because he's black. Just like most of the white folks voted against him because he was black. Exactly. So they didn't care who was the, who was the opponent. They just knew. He wasn't mm-hmm. going to be the guy they were going to vote for. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's, it's sad if we got to look at it that way, but that's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. Yeah, and and that's how I feel like um, voting. It is not just presidential voting. It's just voting in Congress, your, you know, your governors and stuff like that. Like, right. we as Black people, I feel like we have to do a little bit more research because if you research this man, whether he was Black, Brown, Purple, Green, um, I'm pretty sure a vast majority of, you know, African-Americans in California um, would have seen his views as someone that Mm -hmm. he, that they did not want to take office, you know, like that wouldn't have been someone that they want to govern that state um, because of his views, especially when you're dealing with like, I mean, the gang. Uh, exactly. over there, like, <laughs> uh-uh, exactly. you're not gonna get it. <laughs> exactly. And you are not gonna sat, get it. And I sat and I watched him, you know, in a couple of interviews where, well, first of all, I can't sit there and watch him do an interview for too long because he talks so fast when he gets uptight. He starts uh-huh. foaming at the mouth. He gets a little spit in the corner of his mouth. And I just can't watch him anymore. 
not the spit. I just, I just gotta turn away. I can't watch him because he gets right. so much in a tizzy that he can't control himself. But he never answers the hard questions. Every time right. somebody asks him a hard question, he turns around. He asks a question on top of a question mm-hmm. that somebody asks him. That's his way of getting out mm-hmm. of it. You know, so yeah, so I'm like, this guy is just a trip. He's just a stone cold trip. Yeah, and I I mean, if you're so confident in what you believe, then it doesn't matter what question comes at you. You're going to be so confident and you'll be so educated about how you believe, how you came up with your thoughts, how you came up with this belief that you will want to share it and you will want everybody else to kind of like follow along. So a lot of people just say that he's just one of those... um, like a a black token he's just like the the black token for the white republicans mm-hmm. um so i mean it's is 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 difficult to say but this is the sigma that he has over him and he doesn't seem to really care i mean i guess when you get to a certain age you know you you believe how you believe and you just want to roll with the punches um but i mm. think that this him losing kind of like you know push him back a, a couple of steps yeah but he was all of the craziness things that he said he's going to take that stuff to the grave with him he's never going to apologize or change his views on it I mean, he's too far in life in exactly level. he's like that's what i said and that's what i meant i'm yeah. going to take it to the grave with me yeah, just no. like your grandma and your granddaddy, they are too too set in their ways. They are not about to apologize or to uh, renege on anything that they've said. So that's exactly, exactly. how he is. Um, he actually was accused of sexual harassment twice. Um, <laughs> and when I heard about it, uh, he reminds me so much of Trump because his ignorant ass was like... Um, one of the females that actually accused him of of this he basically mm-hmm. said she was too unattractive he was like oh you know God. i wouldn't sexually uh, uh um harass her because the jury when once they look at her they're gonna throw it out anyway i mean for him to say that <sighs> and then <laughs> so he is like, a black horse <laughs> so he's a black trump let's, let's just call him blump yeah let's call him blump because <laughs> That's what people call out for the rest of it. So Blunt said. <laughs> yeah. But what about what he said about uh about reparations when that topic came up? When he was talking about how black folks shouldn't get reparations, but if we do get it, then the slave owners should be getting reparations too. Right. Who in the happy hell would say that? Like, That's I just unbelievable. Want to... I really want him to, and I'm not quite sure if he's actually done like his research on slavery and things of that nature. But I think that, you know, back in those days, a lot of the events that happened, they were written down, but then they were changed as well. Just like in the biblical days, you know, like everything is not exactly how it happened. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm majority of what we learn about slavery is along the same lines i mean it follows this description of you know the woman being raped and 
um, the bad treatment of the men and the beatings and the whippings. And you know what I'm saying? This is something right. that has not changed no matter who has told the story. So I'm right. just interested to see where he get his facts from. Like, what is it? Like, the, I, I just, I just don't understand why he would think that. Some people, you know, there's, I know the old folks back in the day used to say, you know, people have common sense, but they don't have, my grandma used to say, they don't have walking, walking around sense. <laughs> means they don't have common sense. Right. So right. the things that he says, if he don't understand how crazy those things are, yeah, but well, it's because he don't have walking around sense. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's mm-hmm. all there. So Blump is just not all there. <laughs> not all there. And he's actually <laughs> married to a white woman. I mean, I'm not surprised that he's married to a white woman, but I wouldn't for me to I also wouldn't be surprised if he's married to like a black woman either like a black strong type woman that kind of views his own um you know kind of mm-hmm. you know saves face and tries to you know make excuses for him I, I I can see him with that type of woman as well but he's definitely married to a white woman so I wonder how Thanksgiving dinner is listen I would love to be a damn fly on the wall because I'm sure his wife's family is probably using him as their guinea pig to go out there and try to change the mindset of other black people to think gotta like be. them. Gotta be. So they're just using him as their scapegoat. Go ahead, hey, go mm-hmm. out there. Tell all your listeners, all your black listeners, to start thinking our way. Mm-hmm. Come on to our side. <laughs> God, yeah, I mean, I, I, there has to be some type of political talk because that's who he is. And I'm pretty sure his circle, which is, you know, who he dates and where he goes, he will, you know, attract the women that are in the same circle as him. So with, exactly. with that, you know, I'm pretty sure that there's there's some politics talking at the dinner table. Exactly. There is. Mm. So... Um, oh. We're going to segue right into Elder because I mentioned Uncle Tom, right? So <laughs> I always wanted to know where the term Uncle Tom had like came from. Um, so I did a little bit of research and it's very interesting because, and I'm going to say again, my Black people, just do your history know your history before you kind of like start just using these terms Mm -hmm. um because technically the word uncle tom or the the phrase uncle tom it was not ever meant to be derogatory um right right. this was a book that was written called uncle tom's cabin it was written by abolitionist um harriet beecher stowe beecher spell Mm-hmm. And she wrote it in 1852. Um, so the character in this book, his name was Uncle Tom, but he it was actually um, a character that was built upon a slave whose name was uh, um, Josiah, Josiah Henson. So she kind of built his character based on Josiah because Josiah at the time was a slave or, you know, uh, right just getting out of slavery so the book is basically um how tom has 
he, he's almost like heroic in the book. That's how mm-hmm. she wanted to portray him. A black man that was heroic because he did not leak the information of where two black slave women were. These are slave women that were in hiding and they were hiding from their masters because um, they were being sexually assaulted, raped, mm-hmm. treated badly. So um, he took the fall for that. He knew where they were. He he didn't want to say, and then that's what happened. So as this, now, mind you, this book sold more copies than they said the Bible. So it was kind of like one of those, like the first bestseller ever in life. This was kind of like considered that. Yeah. So because yeah. it was so popular, that's when you have people that want to do, you know, the plays and the screenwriting. They want you know, right. to portray it in, you know, um, in the physical form. And the people that took the story and made it into this physical form, they changed the dynamics of the whole story. They did not think that the the story as it stood as him being a heroic black man would sell tickets. It wouldn't it, it wouldn't sell people, it wouldn't invite the people in to want to come and look at this this stage play. So we're gonna so change the narrative then. Yep. They changed it. They changed the events of this book. And that's how the connotation of Uncle Tom came about because the stigma was he was a sellout, which means he sold the two black women out mm-hmm. um, but that's not how it was supposed to be right so in, right. It, you know like in order to sell something and and that's why i say like in history people can change just about anything you never really know what's what unless you actually have the that document from those times because people kind of like change things to mm-hmm. how they feel like the ending should be or the middle should be and it gets us so confused um, and it kind of shapes us to be the society that we are, that we are now, which is so mm. crazy to me. It is. Yeah. It is. And I know that uh, one thing that really just irks my nerves, this is something I looked up a while back, you know, about these young guys walking around with their pants sagging, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people, um, try to equate that to the prison system of how that's but actually it it came from something even before that um it came back in slavery uh and what i what i found was in, in the slavery times the the slave master would take the men slaves who they thought were being um defiant and they would take them out into this, into the city, into the town, and put them in front of the other slaves. And what they would do is to make them drop their pants, and they would savagely rape them in front of them. Mm. And then they would take their belts from them, so that if they were to try to, this is their, this is their mindset. If they would try to run, they wouldn't be able to run because their pants would be sagging too much. Right. They're spending more time trying to hold their pants up that they can't run and get away as fast. And then it was also a symbol that when they walked around the plantation with their pants sagging, that was the symbol to the other slaves that they were broken in, or what mm. they call break in. That's what they mm-hmm. call it. So nowadays, 
people try to say, well, this comes from the, the jails or prison or what have you. The, the condemnation is still there, but it's still right. a little different uh, yeah. because everybody does not walk around with their pants sagging and think about where this actually came from. Right. But if they all knew, they wouldn't be doing that, especially mm -hmm. somebody who's really into history or really into education. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be doing this stuff today. They would not. Yeah, like I totally agree. Yeah, like, and you see how it changed from it being really something as far as slaves is concerned to you being in prison and men that had their pants sagging, that's what it meant. That meant that you were gay or, right. you know what I'm saying, you had been raped or something something similar to that. But you see how they kind of change it mm -hmm. to, that's not history. The prison system is not history. And now today's a fashion statement. Now, now the black culture has, and I'm not quite sure if we have created this to change the mindsets of, you know, where the sagging pants came from, mm -hmm. um, or if we just adopted this cultural thing and not even really realized where it came from you know because when you yeah. think about back in the day with tlc tlc always had like big pants on you know like right. i always had like her little boxers and that's you know that was my era that's what i did i loved baggy jeans i don't know about no boxers so i don't think i ever did the boxer thing but i love like baggy jeans you know like a crop top mm -hmm. that type thing um never would have thought that this is like sagging pants was you know what it is now like never would have thought right. that and i totally agree that if we knew we wouldn't have done it wouldn't have done it exactly mm -hmm. exactly yes oh, so goodness. i wanted to talk a little bit about um you know how people be like especially black people we'd be like um oh i got indian in my family or you know what i'm saying like we kind of like a. <laughs> like take in you know if you have like a certain grade of hair you know you got mm -hmm. ending your family or you know a history of you know white in your blood yeah. so i wanted to see how many like where that kind of came from like i know that it came from when we was you know in slavery and the woman was being raped that a lot of pregnancies actually stemmed from this but they i think that that some of the white people and even like white supremacists i don't know i don't think that they're 100 white i don't think that anybody's like 100 whatever um and i could be wrong like i just feel like there was so much integration during that time that you got a mm -hmm. little bit of something you got a little bit of something something right so um I was looking at this article. It was from psmag.com. Okay. And they did like some genetic ancestry of African-Americans. Um, and so they traced it back all the way back to Africa. So um, what were they saying? Let me find my paper. So this is the result of it okay the results actually showed that essentially all african-americans have some european ancestry as well 
The genetic mix of African and European DNA, however, follows a striking geographical trend. African-Americans living in Southern states have more African DNA than those living in other areas of the country. Um, African-Americans outside the South have a larger fraction of European DNA. Even within the South, this trend holds. Blacks in Florida and South Carolina have more African DNA than those living in Kentucky and Virginia. Hmm. So they're basically talking about, um, of course, the South. The South was where kind of like slavery was born. Um, But then you start moving towards the North. And um, they say that a lot of the genetic patterns um, observed by the researchers um, before the Civil War was an ongoing mixture between Blacks and whites. After slavery ended, this interracial mixing dropped off steeply. So during the Civil War before, of course, that slavery, of course, you're going to have those mixtures. And it just goes to show you that those babies that was produced was produced out of rape because it, it basically states that after the Civil War, when you know slavery was abolished, the yeah. interracial mixing dropped off. So at that point, mm-hmm. you now had had a choice of who your baby daddy was going to be, and it won't be <laughs> no slave master. <laughs> so I'm this is something enough. that we all kind of knew, but for them to kind of like do kind of like a genetic testing, and this is just like a, a pool of African Americans. Like it's not like every African American, but you know they got together a certain amount, took the, some percentages, and it makes perfect sense to me. It does. It does. And I know uh, we did the. Uh, DNA ancestry, I did it with my mom, um, maybe I don't know five six years ago, and um, we always been saying, you know, because half of my family, you know, their 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 skin is so fair, and we're like, we know there's some Caucasian running around in this family somewhere, right? You know, we don't know where it is, where it's coming from, but we know it's there. Mm-hmm. So we did a little DNA on my mom, and when it came back, you know as far as the uh, European portion of it, she was 41% Caucasian. And mm. she damn near lost her mind. That That's a huge percentage. It is. And she was losing her mind. She was like, no, I'm not. That ain't right. Bye bye, listen to that. I'm like, lady, you can't, you can't <laughs> defy science. It is what it is. Yeah. You know? And then I went and did mine. Mine came back. I was 23%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so just coming from her you know sadly I wasn't able to get it done you know with my grandmother or anybody you know beyond that but just looking back in the lineage of the family you know you, you now know that it's there and when right. I look back at our uh, our family tree you know you look at it and you see little notations on it and you'll see those, those weird words like color and mulatto mm-hmm. you know mulatto was when Black and white was mixed, you know. So it's like, you know what's in your family. Everybody has it. So all these guys that are running around thinking that they are these white supremacists and so forth, they're probably 20% black somewhere. In their, oh, they got in some nigga in them. They, they got a little bit of that in them. Um, yeah, they got they got some chicken in there and watermelon in their and body. That's okay. And that's okay because black is beautiful. Um, and when hey. I say, let me clear that up because I do have a... Um, a nigga is not for me. I don't want anybody to feel like, you know, 
I am condoning the word nigga and nigga is not, you know what I'm saying? But that that mm-hmm. is just, you know, the culture that we live in. So the negative connotation of nigga now is, you know, a cultural thing. It's not so much unless, you know, someone else from a different race calls a black person, then of course those feelings are gonna, you know, be a little bit different. Um, which is yeah, actually a whole nother topic of the word that the N word. Right. Yeah. Which is a, something else that has changed over history. Right. You know, just right. like the sagging pants and all that kind of stuff. This, mm-hmm. this is yet another thing that has changed over mm-hmm. history. The word Uncle Tom has changed over history. So. Exactly. <laughs> We're so, so yeah. innovative as a Black people. It's ridiculous. We are. We we, we, we definitely are. We kind of take it and, and redo make it, it and yeah, to make it right. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, do you think that you have like a little bit of prejudice in you? Yes, I do. <laughs> why, do you, why do you say that? <laughs> why do you say that? Because <laughs> this is the way I look at it. If, because you got to think about it. I think about it, and it, but it's, it's very minute. It's on yeah. a micro level. Yes, yes. And yes, I yes. say that because if there was a such thing as a race war, what side am I going to be on? Right. Now, you can call me prejudice in that moment if you want to. Mm-hmm. But that's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> if me and a white friend is out clubbing and we run into a bunch of black guys and they want to start a fight with us, I'm not going to jump on the side of those black guys. I'm going to stick with my white friend. Right. And we're going to handle this, you know, accordingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm right is right and wrong is wrong. You know, but if there's one of those instances where we say, okay, there's a cultural war happening and all the black folks is on one side and all the white folks are on one side and we're just going to clash, what side are you going to be on? Well, I'm damn sure not going on the other, on the white side, just, just to be right. honest. So if that is looked at as being prejudiced, then so be it. Yeah. Now, I would never do things like uh, hire somebody because of their race. Right. I would never, you know, go and purchase something and only want the black salesman or only mm-hmm. want the black mm-hmm. waiter or waitress mm-hmm. or only go to the black restaurant. I would never do anything like that because yeah. that's just not who I am. Yeah, but I used that underlying thing. If there was happened to be a race war, then yeah, I'm going to be prejudiced in that moment. Yeah. No, I mean that, that's. I mean that's a good a good point. I say that I think that there is a little bit of prejudice in everyone, and I say that because, um, you have a friend, and you have a good white friend like mm-hmm. one of your best friends I'm pretty sure there's going to be a conversation one day that that white friend oversteps their boundaries because they feel comfortable with you and you kind of have to check them or that right. you know like um, there's always going to be some type of, of, of racial uh, I wouldn't say connotations but kind of sort of not saying that that's, that's what your whole relationship is going to be based on but there's going to be there's going to be a time where 
you guys are not on one accord. And it's going to be so minor, but you're, you're going to realize it. And, and then you're going mm-hmm. to see, oh, they're white. You may not realize that these people are white or your best friend is black and you're white because at this at this point, you just, they're just good people to you. But yeah, there's going to be one minute, yeah, it's going to be one minute thing. And then it's going to be so small, but it's going to be so eye-opening. And then you're like, hey, oh, she said that because she's white. Or she did that because, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always going right. to be there. Um, but I still think like even black people, like if I was to talk, um, like a bill collector call or something like that, Mm -hmm. and you can, for us, sometimes you'd be like, oh, she black because she sound black or oh, she white because she she sound white. (laughs) That's still like some type of like stereotype. You know what I'm saying? Stereotype and prejudice can somewhat go hand in hand. So right. I think we all have a little bit, even names, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there can be a Natasha, but a, a Natasha could be white. I've known plenty mm-hmm. of Natasha's that's white. You know what I'm saying? But yep. when you see them on an application, you automatically think that the Keishas are black. Right. You know, so right. I think that we we all have a little bit of, little, little, little bit of something there. We but, do. Um, you know, Definitely do. Definitely do. Yeah. No For hate sure. crime. Is, 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 I think it's just it's less hate. There, there's not like we hate anybody. You just see some of the differences. And that's why how kids are just so naive. And it is true. Like we put those differences in their mind to the point that they realize that the little boy or little girl they're playing with does not look like them. But if exactly. it wasn't like the perfect world, how God actually created it, they would never know the difference at all. Exactly. Yeah. But we build right. them up to know the difference. <laughs> wow. Craziness. Craziness. I mean, we can go, we can talk about this forever, but you know, I know. it's, I it's know. just one of those things where, you know, not everybody's going to agree, but it's cool. <laughs> so to close out the segment, I just want to do a quick two minute, just to lively, you know, lighten things up a little bit. Um, a two minute fill in the blanks game with the Zoe. Oh, ah, this is going to be 10 questions and it's just whatever comes to your mind. I don't care what it is. If it doesn't make sense, it just doesn't make sense. I don't want you to think because we've been thinking okay. about racism this whole podcast. Let's just think about okay. nothingness now. All right. All right. Ready? Clear mind. Go All, right. All right. Let's go. I spend too much money on hardware store. I don't know. I don't like when she talks too much. When I was 21, I had my first drunken episode. I hate I hate when people do blank while driving. Eat. Old people smell like burnt toast. <laughs> <laughs> much to drink walk I have zero tolerance for idiots I was afraid when she caught me doing oh uh, 
I don't even freaking know. Um, eating too much. I don't know. The first thing I do when I wake is rub my eyes. Okay, that's it. Just lighten things <laughs> up. I don't know where the burnt toast came from, but we're gonna go with it because know. you know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I just thought about old folks and they had their toast in the morning. Yeah, they toast. I thought you were going to say stale coffee. I ain't know. But burnt toast, we're going to go with it. Let's let's go with that. That's okay. I like it. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to get you on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening in, joining in with us. We definitely appreciate it. I hope you guys can join in again with us in the future. Our next episode will be episode 15. So uh, feel free to go to our website, thelobbypodcast.com. Check out our Facebook. Uh, and also make sure that you leave a comment or a suggestion for a topic. And we'll make sure that we do get to it. So we appreciate you guys um, checking in with us. Yes, yes. And as always, surround yourself with people that fit your future, not your past. And we will talk to you guys in two weeks. All right. Peace out. Peace. Thank you all so much for tuning in to The Lobby. You can get in contact with us at thelobbypodcast.com or anywhere you stream your favorite podcast. Please leave comments, questions, or a topic you want us to discuss on our next episode. Till next time, peace, and we love you.